0: Hello everybody, this is Sean Phelps, and welcome to the Introverted Podcast, where employees have a voice, because you matter. So, if you ever want to be a part of this journey, reach out to me on Facebook at Network with Sean, or on IG, Network with Sean. Appreciate you, and thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. Hey, Don. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. All right. I'm going to try this again for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, that uh Facebook feature uh, was crazy, man, because I was able to do it like three months ago, invite somebody onto to live. And it literally said, fail connection every time. Hit the button like ten times. Wow. Yeah. Never-ending fun. No, I know, right? That's that's technology for you. Yeah. Yeah, so welcome to the Introverted Podcast, where employees have a voice. And so that's why I I brought you on today, because you are very special, man. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, cause uh you are definitely I just want to say thank you for you know serving the country, man, because you are a, a former veteran of the army. So thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, so uh yeah, tell us about you know uh you know where you come from and we'll start from there. Okay.
1: Well, I'll give you the short version. I was born in Billings, Montana. Folks moved me to California at six months of age without asking me permission. Pretty much grew up there in California out in the Rancho Cucamonga area. One of the few people that can run around and say that my dad was a dam operator because he actually ran the dams that we lived on up in the mountains. So my swimming pool was 350 feet deep. Uh, Did a lot of mountain stuff. Backpacking and off-roading and joined the Army when I was 18. Stayed in the Army till I was 29 and jumped out of airplanes, blew stuff up, and went into sales and ultimately business ownership. Is that the quick version?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely, man. So, you had had a very fun time, man. I
1: made a decision in an early teenage years that i was not gonna live my life and look back and say i wished i would have and i'm 60 now and i still live by that attitude yeah that's the best attitude to have man hey too many people get through life but they didn't live
0: Mm. yeah because uh it was one time where um I was working at a uh, hospital or nursing home and stuff. And it was just this one particular guy. Uh, he was about like 90 ish or whatever, give or take. And he was saying that he just wished that he would have done a lot of uh, stuff in his younger days. So, yeah, that's definitely a perfect example. Oh,
1: yeah. You see it all the time. And, uh, I mean, even if you're out doing the best you can and having everything you want, you're still not going to get everything. But at least you can look back and say, hey, I gave it all my best.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. So uh, how how did you uh, get into, uh, you know, sales and uh, consulting?
1: Well, I I started sales actually as a teenager. It was... um, you know, I did teenager jobs from concrete work and painting and working in a restaurant, but I also was always selling stuff. So we made wood plaques for homes and stuff. And that's how I paid for scout equipments, how I paid for, you know, music equipment for my band. And, and uh, I joined the Army. I kind of quit from that point because I concentrated on what I was doing in the military and thought that was going to be my career. And at 10 years, I got injured. And uh, so that ended that career. And uh, when I got out, I got uh, into sales. I went into car sales, which I love, by the way. Hey, when you can when you can sell the vehicles that you like driving, I'm an off-road guy, kind of guy. So I was out driving trucks and stuff. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get paid to drive them, that's pretty cool. And I liked it. But I didn't like the dealership mentality. And that has changed over the years. But back in... In 1990, it just, it didn't suit me. And so after about a year and, and being the top salesperson and being a sales manager there, um, I ended up leaving and I fell into a job that was selling memberships. I thought, this is great. They're easy to sell. Great plan, great benefits for the families that I was selling them to. And one day, about two weeks in, my manager comes over and says, by the way, um, we also have life insurance that we sell and you should get a license. So I'm like, what? Uh, life insurance and he's like yeah life insurance so I ended up getting a a license I figured why not I'll give it a try one of the things he taught me back then was (laughs) most people never dream of or grow up planning to be an insurance salesman but but a good majority of us never leave it once we're in it and so I did I worked for a couple of companies over the years and then uh, ran my own agencies had uh thirty or forty reps working for me and, and did quite well and then I took a break from insurance, went into some other things in uh real estate investing and in education, stuff along those lines. And last year I came back into it because of the opportunity and things that were happening and running my own thing as my agency.
0: Oh okay. Never
1: never regretted it either because I get to be in charge.
0: Yeah, most definitely. That's, that's, that's the best thing that you can be.
1: It's not something everybody gets to realize. And there's a funny saying for people who, you know, there's two parts to it. Being self-employed means you're married to your job. But when you turn it into a business, it means that you are now in a position to create time and financial freedom lucratively in
0: both directions. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the two biggest factors, man. Cause uh you know working jobs and stuff just drains our energy so much you know so it's just it's the the pay is just getting uh lower and lower because of inflation stuff like that so it's it is so uh, um, you know uh, go ahead
1: oh I was gonna say I I've watched the I've watched it get harder for younger people to make it because cost of things have have went up. Wages haven't necessarily went up some, uh, you know, in, in relative fashion. And then you're right about the employee was One thing I looked at from the military and I kind of made a, you know, I was an NCO sergeant and then uh, I made a Lieutenant laugh when I was getting out. I said, well, I'm going to get out and, and do my own thing and make back then. I was going to make 50 grand a year. Well, this was back in 1990. And that was a lot of money. And He laughed, you know, because everybody there was about showing up and doing the job and collecting your paycheck. And I was talking about going out and doing my own thing and uh, took me a while to find my home. But in the process, I found two things. Mm -hmm. One, I I knew wealthy clients. They had lots of time and they had money to live a lifestyle they wanted. And I knew also a lot of people had lots of time. A lot of those people didn't have any money. And so they didn't get out go out and do things that they wanted. They were, you know, complaining or trying to make it from weekend to weekend. I didn't want to be
0: in that team. Yeah, I definitely agree. So it turned out for the best, man. So uh, what, what would you say uh, to somebody who's just not getting started, uh, who's young or something like that, or just in their middle age and they look looking to, you know, get into the Army or get into assurance?
1: Well, good question. Um, I got two responses. I'm sure there'll be some some people that might not necessarily agree with me on the first one, but I think a lot of folks should go in the military. Um, yeah, it's about serving the country and all that, but, but leaving politics and all that kind of stuff aside, uh, military teaches you a certain level of discipline and, and you need to have it in order to be successful at it, to be able to get promoted, to be able to do you the job that you're out doing. Um, and You know, you can tell in a lot of cases the difference between somebody who's had that type of training, whether it's military or or elsewhere, um, versus somebody who never has. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people that naturally have that, but it's not a natural tendency out there. So even though you're out serving the country and and you get to do some cool things, I mean, who gets to jump out of airplanes and and, uh, blow things up when you're 18 and 19 years old and get paid for it, right? So Mm -hmm. that part's pretty cool. But what I got out of it, is the selfish side. What I got out of it was stuff that gave me self-development, self-growth, and made me the kind of person that could strive through and figure out how to get through things when things got tough. Um, And you need that when you're going to go out and do your own thing. It's different when you're going to clock in and show up at a job. You know what I mean? You you know you got to get out of bed at six in the morning. You got to be at work and clock in at seven. And I'm not saying that's bad. So please don't ever... Think that I'm putting down jobs because I am absolutely am not. But what I am saying is, if you're going to be your own boss and you're going to go out and do things, you still got to be the person that says, "Hey, I got to get up. I got to sit down and and do phone calls, or I got to sit down and do the drafting, or whatever it is that you're chosen to to go out and do. You got to be disciplined, and you're going to run into hard times because there's a learning curve. And as you go through there, you got to understand that you might fail. Because if you look at successful entrepreneurs, every one of them has failed three or four times or more before they found their feeding, their footing and and made it and got somewhere. And you got to have the wherewith to stick through that, 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 that tenacity to figure out what do I got to go over, go under, go around, plow through whatever I got to do to reach my dream. And so when it gets tough, don't quit your friends and your family are going to look at you and like, they're going to be like, dude, <laughs> go get a regular job. And you got to be strong enough to say, um, not for me. It's not good or bad. It's not indifferent for anybody, for each person, but not for me.
0: Yeah. 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 you. Yeah, you that's, that's a lot of gems right there, man. And so hopefully yeah, everybody's listening to that. <laughs> it, and,
1: and you know, just because you found it doesn't mean that you won't have to go through it and do it again. Give you an example. And mm-hmm. uh, when the recession came around to 2008, I was doing a lot of real estate, had uh, business partners and, and uh, some other things and had a lot of homes that we were doing uh, rebuilds, you know, remodelings on. And these are we're on uh, loans that are called hard money, short term loans, and a little bit high interest, but it's OK because you're you've got plenty of profit in there. You make it up when you sell it. When that hit, I had a whole, about almost a dozen homes that we couldn't move because within that 60 days, while we were trying to work on them, get them ready to go, uh, the value had dropped less than what we owed on them. And so we went from a lifestyle of having a pretty nice place, living up in the mountains, having a very nice uh, home, um, to starting over in my daughter's basement two years later. Mm. You know, and that can get in your head.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree.
1: You got to have the tenacity, the the wherewith, the the suck it up mentality of, okay, plan and execute and get out there and figure out what you're going to do. Took me a little while that time. I ain't going to lie. But you still got to do it. So just because you're young doesn't mean it can't be done. But I've worked with a guy in the business I'm in. He started when he was 66. He'll be 74 this year, and he's got a multi, multi million dollar business built. So age isn't relative. Male or female isn't relative. Our races aren't relative because inside we all red, we all human. That's all that counts. But what is relative is our desire our wherewith, our, our tenacity. Uh, do we want to do what we want to do for those who we love? And do we want to set an example for others to follow so that we can reach out with a helping hand, a hand up, not a handout?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that, man, for real, because, uh, you know, not too many people uh, understand that concept. Everybody just uh, think it's just in it for them. It's pretty much in it for themselves, you know. So and also too, you made a good analogy. Uh, you said something about uh, Michael Jordan um, when we was talking uh, earlier. Yeah.
1: Hey,
0: here's a number one
1: in in the sports world. You got a lot of personalities, but Michael Jordan is top class. He's a gentleman. He's a perfectionist. He masters the craft that he wanted. Even after he was told in high school, by the way, that he wouldn't be any good at it, from what I understand. But he masters it. Here the man is, in the last year of his career as a professional basketball player, still hiring a private coach to work with him. Even, you know, in addition to the team coach and the team practices and everything else, to help him fine-tune his craft to stay at the top of his game. And then you hear people when they're getting going, well, I don't want to pay for education. I don't want to pay for coaching, right? I don't, you know, getting somebody to help me out, like a mentor or something, is crazy. And you, but you look at these sports guys, you look at uh, doctors, they go through that internship. I mean, yeah, he's already a doctor, but in the doctor's offices where he's working as an intern, he's the rookie.
0: Mm. That's right there. Wow. I never thought about it like that. It's it's
1: all about what a person wants and what they're willing to go for. The, the thing I tell people is when you're looking to go into business and, and whether, you know, yes, I I happen to like the insurance and the financial services I deal with. It's not the only industry out there. It is the best in my opinion, but that's my opinion. But whatever it is you're going to go after, you can shortcut the process by working with somebody who's already accomplished it. Problem is, you're going to have a lot of people out there saying, hey, follow me, follow me, follow me. And uh, you need to interview them. I don't mean follow them. I mean interview them. Because if they don't have not accomplished already what you're trying to accomplish, how can they teach you to do it? All they're doing now is teaching theory.
0: Yeah, just like uh, these uh, educational systems.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: You go to business.
1: <laughs> you go to business school. Here's the guy teaching you how to run a business, and you ask him, "Have you ever run a business?" No. <laughs> how can he really teach you the hardships? He can teach you the book. He can teach you the theory, but he can't teach you the practicality. He can't teach you what it's going to take to actually be successful. Or she. Has, exactly. and I, when I say he, I mean he and she. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm with the yeah. company i'm with right now because of a, a young lady and what i uh-huh. saw in her
0: leadership so yeah that's that's what it's all about man because uh people uh need to start looking at the actual person i started the business and stuff you know that that makes sense it does
1: You will see, you know, you'll hear people out there, especially in the entrepreneur world. Well, it's all based on the compensation plan or it's all based on the team building or it's all based on, you know, and everybody's got this different criteria. You know what? I know millionaires that made it in companies that had much lower um, compensation programs, but they had better coaches. They had better trainings. I, I know guys that had some of the best products in the world didn't make any real money because the company sucked product rocked but you didn't have leaders you didn't have coaches so you're right you got to follow the right people because we're in a people business you're in a people business my friend you're you're bringing knowledge to the masses by interviewing all these people right Mm -hmm. and thank you for doing that because it benefits
0: yeah, yeah, because uh, I thought about the idea a long time ago, because I started a podcast before I even started a podcast. If that makes sense, because when I used to drive for Uber and Lyft, uh, I met people from all different walks of life. People from out, out, out of the USA told me different stories about their life. Uh, a woman who was in the uh, uh, military and stuff, and she lived in Alaska from. You know, first generation millionaires and stuff, and uh, arrogant stock, stock uh, holders and stuff like that, saying forex don't work. So, you know, I just met a lot of different people. So, this is why I decided to just create this podcast because I know other people have valuable information to give. See, I think it's a great service you provide. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, what else I was want to ask you? Uh, so from a, a entrepreneur standpoint, so what what is the first thing that, uh, uh, people should look into, like they should look into getting a mentor first or should they look into like the business, uh, side of things, like far as what industry to go into.
1: Well, I think you know, at the very beginning of it, find something that you have a passion for. Um, Take these musicians, for instance. You know, many of these guys work out of a beat up old car and stay in various slum style hotels or whatever they can because they're but they will live that life trying to pursue their goal because they have a passion for the music. And not all of them make it. Some of them make it well enough to do what they want. Some of them make it all the way to the top. But you'd hardly ever see somebody who didn't sacrifice to be a great musician. And usually more than once but they have a passion. You look at guys in, in whatever industry you want to look at, health and wellness, uh, real estate, uh, insurance, um, you know, all all these various different areas that people can be a part of the guys and the gals who are, who are getting it, the guys and the gals who are, are climbing that ladder and making it and accomplishing their dreams and goals. They had a passion for what they're doing. So if you sign up to, to go market, xyz product you know well for instance for me i i have no desire to be in the health and wellness industry that doesn't mean that there isn't good products or services out there it just has no interest no appeal to me so for me to go out and market that or or try to build an organization in it i'm never going to really be successful because i don't really believe in it a whole lot you got to have a passion
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what some, uh, some people like, you know, and uh, you see them on online and stuff, they pop up here and there and, you know, some of them like to hide behind uh, the fact that, uh, you know, like they just take it as a hobby pretty much. That, that makes sense.
1: It does. And those are the ones that about 90 to 120 days later, they'll be pushing out. Oh, it's a new one getting started here. Jump right on board. (laughs) Then, four or five months later here's a new one you got to have the tenacity and the wherewith to stick with it and make something happen that that shiny object syndrome will just keep you chasing the carrot but it's never going to get you the gold mine
0: yeah i definitely agree because uh chasing that uh carrot that's going to be a long long while before you get to the finish line
1: (laughs) and you can tell you can see it you you and that doesn't mean that you aren't going to have to change tracks a little bit here and there. That that's okay. Most successful people have failed three or four or five times before they they get it right, but they're not failing or walking away or changing up every three or four months either.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because uh, you know, um, it's about having that. Um, I'm trying to think of the term terminology, but pretty much having that grit. You know, yeah, no grit,
1: no, uh, no, no stick, stick to itness, no tenet, you know, no intestinal fortitude. That's the term I love. Uh, no intestinal mm-hmm. fortitude. And you're not going to grab, you're not going to be able to go through what's required to get to where you're going. And it's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. It's going to be different for everybody. We'll have some of the same trials, but you know, you have different strengths than I have, and vice versa. And we both have different weaknesses. So we're gonna struggle in different areas. And you still gotta be yeah. willing to go through it.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, too, I wanted to ask you like what, what was it like uh during the uh 07, 08 crash and uh like what what did you uh take take from that?
1: Well I I so here's what happened. I had a nice bank account, so we were doing fine, and and uh, but I was living off of it. I had uh, my best friend uh, pass away, and, and he didn't have coverage. This is why I'm such a believer in what I do, and so I ended up paying for his funeral. And then my mother-in-law, we had to help out with some things there with her going down and, uh, some expenses and, you know, and in life. And during that time I had let this get into my head and something I hadn't done since I got out of the military is I started trying to get a job. Well, now here I am, you know, in my late forties, early fifties, I haven't worked for anybody since I was got out of the army in that 29, because I've been doing my own thing is nobody was hiring me either. i was over experienced for what they wanted because I'd done my own thing. Or I was interviewing with somebody half my age who was threatened because I was trying to get a job that I might take their job, which never occurred to me. I just Mm. was looking for work. So it took me a while to, uh, to figure out that I should have went back and done what I started in the first place. And that was go out and create my own thing. I already knew I could do it, but I let the stress and, um, uh, the false belief that the economy controlled my my income ruled me instead of me being in charge. There was a lot of money, a lot of people that came out ahead in that time, not because they did anything bad or because they did anything wrong or unethical. They just found good ways of taking the, what was going on and tr- and creating an income out of it. And I didn't do that. So instead of uh, instead of jumping up and being back on the bandwagon and flying high and And enjoying life right away, it took me about seven years. And so my first thing I'd tell anybody is, hey, when you get slapped and it goes downhill, and it's going to at some point, that's just inevitable. It's life. Don't let it beat you up. Be in charge. Get after it and go back after it, whatever it takes. Because you can do it. Anybody can do it. What I can't tell you is how long it's going to take or what avenue you got to do to get there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, man, because people need to hear that. I need to hear that as well, man. <laughs> hey,
1: We're all going to have tough times, you know, and it's not just money, tough times. Jeez, we have tough times in relationships. We have tough. Time. I have a tough time just sometimes at which, you know, deciding which restaurant we're going to between me and my wife. You're going to have tough times. How we choose to handle it is what makes the difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, man, because one of the tough times I'm uh, currently going through is uh, I'm pretty sure you know about Chevy cars, man. So pretty much my car, uh, the transmission went out and the engine went out in a period of, I want to say, about 10 months. And you know how costly that is. Oh, yeah,
1: (laughs) I, I do. But mine was on a Nissan. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, these cars are something else, man. You know, it's, but um, it's it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, and so always, uh, you know, the situation that I'm going through, you know, I'm saying I'm looking at it at, at, a, at a different perspective, and just like you said, you know, you have to, uh, you know, take take action and just do things differently, you know, like uh, respond to things. Differently.
1: It makes a difference. And, and that the hard part is, is we teach ourselves that and we work on that, you know, those who are trying to do that. Um, and yet it can still take us, it can still blindside us and take us a little bit for a loop if we're not careful. It did me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And those things that we had, uh, you know, try to watch out for. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just you just got to go through the process, you know.
1: Well, that's the key. And when you're in it, if you just keep that in mind that, hey, it's just today. I'm not going to worry about next week yet. Because next week ain't here. What am I going to do today? And and if you don't mind, Sean, let me add one one caveat to that. Mm This will probably sound odd to a lot of people. And I actually learned this from my wife. God bless her soul. I've been married for just about 28 years now. And for me, it's been a great, great thing. She is a person who serves people. She is always out there helping. She's always out there. You know, when somebody's down and out, She, what can she do? Or taking food out or, or watching kids or going to the hospital or, you know, that's just what she is. And she used to tell me, and I used to laugh. She used to tell me, Don, if you just get involved helping other people, it'll take your problems away. And it took me a little while after we lost everything and started over that I kind of tried to do the same thing and get involved. And you know what it did? It does. Because it stopped me from concentrating on Don and it started me concentrating on others. So I was doing what I needed to get back on my feet and get things up and running. But I wasn't didn't have time to stress about all the other stuff because then I had other things to do that I was committing to helping other people servant leadership servant attitude and it, it it might sound funny to a lot of folks but man is it real
0: it it really is real yeah yeah i appreciate you uh you know adding that because a lot of people need to actually hear that
1: our world needs more of it right
0: mm-hmm. worldwide man. <laughs> yep Yeah, so uh, what, what, what did you uh, end up doing today, man? So I know uh, my time is like 11.46 p.m. So.
1: <laughs> well, it's about 9.46 here. I'm a couple hours behind you. Had uh, a client that uh, we had to get some extra paperwork taken care of so we could get her in. I'll tell you what was rewarding today. I was um, had to get a, an extra signature on a, a typo I did when I was taking care of a doctor and his wife on some programs. Mm-hmm. And I sent a message over to, um, to the doctor's wife and say, hey, let the uh, doctor know this. When he gets a chance, I need him to get on there and take care of this signature here. And here's what it's for and explain it. And I get this text back. She says, okay, the doctor's got it all done for you. And I said, thank you. And she says, no. And this is, you know, my text. I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't pull it up while I'm on here. But she says, no, thank you. She says, for what you've done, we are so comfortable and grateful and we were really concerned and nervous about some things. And, uh, and we feel very good and very comfortable. That's rewarding. And I don't care if it's, you know, in my instance, that's about insurance. Yes. Um, but it could have been whether it was, uh, you know, I got them the right nutrition or I, I got them the right house or whatever it might be. When people come back to you and feel that way about what you've done for them, and they know I got paid. But they still thank me. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to go out and create.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's touching right there, man. It is.
1: <laughs> it was. I, I went and shared it with my wife. I said, you know, it's it's nice when you get these because you know you're doing right by people, and and they're appreciative of it. So yeah, that was my day getting paperwork done. I got uh, some grandkids that live with me and. Definitely was doing some grandkid playing, and we got a snowstorm coming <laughs> in here tomorrow and Saturday. So I'm I'm gearing up for a snowball fight.
0: Oh man, yeah, that snow ain't no joke. Hey, okay. well, I'm the I'm still known as the
1: the big grown up kid around here, including from my wife. So here I am, sixty, but I still run the sleds. I'm still out doing the snowball fights, and I still dive into the snow and off-road and all that good stuff. You got to go out and enjoy life, man. Make it worth living, whatever your thing is.
0: Have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm going to be the same way. Because, uh, you know what I'm saying, Uh it was uh, uh, a singer by the name Kiki Palmer, and she was on some type of show at the time. I think it was Oprah or something like that. I don't know. But she was saying that the thing that kept her uh moving is the fact that, um, you know, her, just her being a kid self in this adult <laughs> world. So I'm like, man, that's powerful oh, right
1: there. Th- that is totally powerful. Can I tell you about how I got the same lesson? Okay, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. so I am I am about uh, two years into selling insurance and, and doing these types of things. And I, I'm in California. I'm out of Rancho Cucamonga area, San Bernardino area. And I had an appointment to go out and see uh, uh, an older couple out in Indio. And uh, so I get out there, and they're, they're um, snowbirds. So they're down there in this great big fifth wheel with triple slide outs and everything. And I get in there, and the main door's open, and just the screen door's still there. And I, I go up there, and I knock. And here's this old guy. yeah, he's 77. And I didn't know this when I knocked on the door. I found this out from conversation later. He's 77, she's 71. And I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this, but I run, he's chasing his wife around and they're <laughs> laughing through the living room and he's pinching butt and they're laughing and having a good time. So, I talked with him and we did this we did the business. I said, "No, I got to ask you because you could see love in their eyes and you know, all this all this stuff." And he says, "Oh," he says, Young man, he says, the day you start thinking that growing up means acting, quote, unquote, adult and not having fun is the day your life starts ending. He says, you got to go out and have fun your whole life. He says, yeah, you got to be responsible. You got to go out and build. He says, I'm out doing what I'm doing because I built businesses and stuff. But he says, you got to have fun. You build the business so that you can have a life. You don't work or build a business so that it can be your life, and that has stuck with mm. me since since that that's almost thirty years ago.
0: Wow, that's that's a major gem <laughs> for real.
1: I never laughed so hard on any door. Well, I had one door where I did not laugh that hard, but that's because he was six foot seven <laughs> and had the duck coming through, and he looked just like Lurch from the Adams family here. Yeah. You know. And he talked oh, wow. like a dude. He's like, yeah, I already know my <laughs> joke. But, yeah, that couple just, that inspired me. Too many people give up on life. They, they they get so businessy or so wrapped up in life that they forget to live and have fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree, man. Because uh, one of my uh, uh, best friends a <laughs> couple years ago, she seen me grinding and stuff like that. And it was a, for a period of, like, a year or so. And throughout that whole year, you know, so I didn't have, like, any fun or whatever. I just pretty much did what I had to do. And she was like, hey, Sean, make sure, yeah, you're doing this on, on on your business side end. But make sure you're having fun. You know what I'm saying? so it didn't really hit me until after that year had went by. I'm like, dang, I didn't do anything <laughs> <Right>? fun.
1: <laughs> you don't want to go back and do that again.
0: Exactly. One of my mentors,
1: he said, you know, he lives by a calendar, but his calendar includes, you know, he, he, we have in our industry, we have certain times that are prime for business and, and different aspects of it. But he also books in his fun time. He books in his family time. And when it's family time or it's fun time, there ain't no business. It's, you know, you don't, you don't trade off one for the others, but same thing flies when it's work time, it's work time.
0: Mhm. I definitely agree, man. So yeah, it's getting a little bit late over here, so we're going to end the uh, podcast right here. So uh, let people know, like where 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 they could find you on social media and reach out to you about. Uh, I'd be happy
1: to, Sean, and and thank you again for having me on. I, I I really appreciate that. I enjoy getting my word out, but I also enjoy having conversations with hosts like you who have a their own story. I am in Utah, but I work with people around the country in most states, not necessarily every state. Uh, you can reach me. My website is the best place to get hold of me. So you can go there and find out about what I do and uh, even request to chat with me on there. And that's real simple. It's www.the, or excuse me, www.winwiththesarge.com. Again, winwiththesarge.com.
0: And uh, okay, in, say hi. Yep, this is the person that you get your business done with. So I appreciate you, uh, Mr. Don, for coming on. And uh, that's it thank for today. Much,
1: thank you very much. why wow, I just lost my speech. Thank you very much, Don.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, enjoy you the rest too. of your night, man. All right, take it easy.